You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. I like that the arts for me can be very intersectional and mm-hmm. um, and kind of go into these other spaces like public health, social services, um, business, and, and using those creative strategies in other sectors is really exciting for me. Welcome to the Black Business of Broadway, a podcast brought to you by the Broadway League and Black to Broadway. Here, we highlight the stories, how-tos, and successes of the Black professionals and legends of Broadway. I'm your host, Janine Scott. Today's guest is New York City-based performing arts professional, stage actress, educator, and arts management consultant, Lindsay Roberts-Green. Lindsay's over 15-year career fusing performance, arts education, and her managerial experience as Deputy Executive Director for Programs and Operations at Arts Ignite culminate in the launch of Lindsay Roberts Consulting, LLC, which she founded in 2019 and serves as an arts equity consultant. She currently can be seen in The Phantom of the Opera on Broadway and next up in the revival of Oliver at New York City Center. Lindsay! (laughs) Yay! 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 Well, first, let me say congratulations. I'm so excited. I haven't had a chance to say it to you, like, face-to-face, but I'm... I am so excited for you. And uh, July 26th, <clears throat> that should be your due date. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Also, what you didn't just read is I'm five months pregnant. <laughs> holding all those jobs is just too much. And my kid is like, Mom, chill out, you know. But, yes, so that's also the probably the most exciting thing going on. And I feel like I have a little baby on Broadway right now. You do have a baby on Broadway. <laughs> I'm so excited. I've been saying to folks, I'm going to be like, don't ever tell me you can't. Don't ever tell me you can't. <laughs> like, I feel bad. I feel bad for him already. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, let's be real. It's in his DNA. Mom and dad, no choice. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So um, on, on stage, I just go by Lindsay Roberts, my maiden name, and um, in all other aspects of my artistic career, I go by Lindsay Roberts Green, my married name. My husband is Tamar Green, who's currently playing George Washington in Hamilton. So 
it is a bit of a Broadway baby situation right now. Let's go ahead and let's let's jump in. I want to talk about uh, you have been passionate about the arts. My notes say since you were five years old and your dad introduced you to the Audrey McDonald. Come on, really? Isn't that wild? And so my dad has a career. He's retired now, but he's in sales and he sold um, construction materials for Owens Corning international sales uh, manager and so one day he gave me an album of audra's and he was the one who really introduced me to audra mcdonald i wasn't five at the time when i right when i learned about audra i was in a little bit older um maybe fifth grade or so okay but that and so then he ended up taking me uh to a concert i grew up in philadelphia and we went to an audra concert and I don't know how, but we ended up backstage. I ended up meeting her. I met her music director. And like, it's just so interesting to me. When he gave me the album, I had I, I had not a lot of like uh, exposure or information about musical theater, or who she was. And so I, I didn't learn about her from like, I don't know, choir or right, right, other right. theater kids or anything like that. It was my father just gave me the album. I have no idea how it even came to him. That's amazing. You know what, though? However it is, we're just happy that it happened because <laughs> we are glad that you are here on Broadway, not just on stage, but you do a lot of work behind the scenes, helping to make this industry more equitable and more accessible. So can you talk about how how you navigate the two you know you have you know you were on tour porgy vest and you are currently a phantom of the opera but you also have this whole other career of arts administration can mm -hmm. you can you talk about how how you found yourself there and how you got there sure mm -hmm. yeah and um it's so funny because i didn't even know what arts administration was and i didn't know um I didn't know what DBI was. I, I didn't know any of these things. And I think that's because it wasn't presented. When you think about careers in the arts, you think on stage or, mm -hmm. or maybe in the orchestra, or you, you don't even think about backstage careers. I don't think that's like so forward facing um, when you first get introduced to the field. But when I was growing up, I wanted to be a singer and a performer, but I also always had like a passion for business and I didn't know how those two intersected and for education. So when, when I went to school, I was actually music education and vocal performance. I studied opera because literally because I just studied opera and I was like, great. And then I studied <laughs> chorus, uh, like music general, um, music education and spent a little bit of time working in the public school systems in, DC, uh, in Montgomery County, Maryland, right outside of DC. Um, and I wasn't exactly sure how the two could fit because I hadn't seen it. Um, but it's interesting because you frame it as like a whole other career. Now today, I see my career as very intersectional in the arts, but still one career. And I, I liken it to being like a painter who mm. has a lot of different colors that they can paint a masterpiece with, you know, and thinking mm -hmm. about this is my life, this is my career. And so I pull from that color of arts administration. I pull from that color of arts education. I pull from our performance and try to find, you know, the way to blend it all together into some beautiful career picture. How does that happen? Well, sometimes one thing is more priority over the other um, and, and finding that balance and being okay with the ebb and flow. But yeah, it, it, 
how did I come into it? Uh, once I started uh, touring after school, after I graduated, I was always finding myself like at these presenting houses being like, but can I meet your education director? Or like, can I have a sit down with the, this person? Because I was just curious. Um, and I think through that, I kind of learned about arts administration and all those folks who never get in the limelight mm -hmm. ever, but who are literally like the decision makers, the money keepers, the book balance, yes. all of those folks. Um, and so that's what made me go back to get my master's in arts administration with a focus in arts education. And then I was like, I think there's a way this all comes together. I think, you know. Um, and so when I was... Um, still performing and touring and uh, whatever, I got the opportunity to sing with Kristen Chenoweth. Mm -hmm. Did you know that story? No, did I don't. That? I did not. Okay. In 2010, I went back to DC um, with some friends from school and we went to a Kristen Chenoweth concert and she was doing this thing where she like pulled someone from the audience and you got to sing for good with her. Oh, okay. And I love that song. Let's just be clear. Right. And so I got chosen and I go up and I sing for good with her. It was amazing. I totally freaked out. And it was like this awesome moment, you know? Then I get a call randomly from who I now know to be Mary Mitchell Campbell, who was her music director. Uh -huh. um, and at the concert, Mary Mitchell had a moment where she got to talk about how she is a Broadway music director and she's touring with Kristen, but she also had an arts education organization that she founded. Mary Mitchell was the first example that I saw of someone doing it all and like finding that balance. Right. And um, was really inspirational to me. And so she and I connected. She asked me to like sing some benefits. I kind of looked up the organization, A Step at the time. I stayed like peripherally engaged in what they were doing. And then finally got engaged with them as a teaching artist and Right. eventually a consultant and now ASEP has been rebranded to Arts Ignite which is where I'm currently serving right. as of last week uh, Deputy Executive Director I was formerly Director of Program so it's all it has all come together these artistic experiences um, but I like that I can be on Broadway at night and during the day I'm balancing budgets I have a board report due well it was due a little bit earlier this afternoon that I was <laughs> I will finish as soon as we get off of this call. You know what I mean? And I like that the arts for me can be very intersectional and, mm -hmm. um, and kind of go into these other spaces like public health, social services, um, business, and, and using those creative strategies in other sectors is really exciting for me. Can you talk about the work that you're doing? Um, I know you're doing work like in the States, but you're also doing some work internationally. Can you, can you talk a little bit about both the work that you're doing internationally and the work that you're doing, you know, within this, within the States? Sure. So in my current role, I supervise a team of about five employees, but also about 55 teaching artists. And we work internationally doing arts education. And the mission of the organization of Arts Ignite is to develop agency in young people through the arts, but specifically young people who have been impacted by systemic issues and their effects, including houselessness, incarceration, gun violence, HIV and AIDS, poverty, the caste system, um, newcomers, um, immigration status, emerging multilingual learners, English language learners. And so the work has brought me and has brought my team internationally. Currently, I manage programs that happen in Johannesburg, South Africa, 
in India. Um, and also I've led my own initiatives just like independently um, and through my own consulting work in Ghana. And, and all of it is like theater related or music and visual arts related. Um, and it's just. It's got to be rewarding. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Sometimes it's more rewarding than taking a final bow on Broadway, if I'm really being honest. Yeah. Um, because there's something about impacting all of those experiences from the stage and taking those um, into the work in the classroom. I'm, I'm working on a project right now that's going to happen in May in Uganda at a refugee camp. And we're going to be working with educators in the refugee camps in Uganda doing arts integrated strategies about how they can bring creativity into their work to help young people achieve their learning goals. So it's just been like a wildly fascinating kind of career. Yeah. And I just love it. <laughs> I, I really do. I mean, well, here's the thing. It's two things. One is when you say, when you say Broadway and you think arts, you really people people don't necessarily think globally mm -hmm. and we forget about the global impact that that arts has and how really art is a unifier you know and so so kudos <laughs> seriously i mean it's it's amazing you know what's kind of interesting though too janine is like when you're outside of this country the times that I've had to think through, hmm, how do you teach Broadway and what that means to young people in the lowest caste system in India who are living at like a residential school mm -hmm. because of their low caste um, situation? They don't know what Broadway is. Right. And does it matter? And, and does it matter? Right. <laughs> and why does it matter? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's something that I oftentimes think about is what are the transferable things from a career on Broadway and the skills and, and just all of the work that we do on Broadway. What does that look like outside of the commercial theater world? And why does it matter outside of the commercial theater world? Because what I'm really intentional about is not just going and saying Broadway is great and it's this because of this. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like all exactly. the things we're socialized right, right. to believe. Right. And like, why would a kid in India care? Right. Why are why are the students in the refugee camp in Uganda going to care? You know, and so making the curricular connection for it to be culturally competent and relevant to those students and their lived situation is something that I think is learning for them, but also always a really great learning for my team and for our teaching artists who oftentimes are having careers concurrently on Broadway as well. Right. So I think it's like a kind of an awesome exchange for everybody. Would, so you say, you know, well, why would that matter or how does that impact them? What have you found? Like, what are what are the stories that you come out with from those students and, you know, dealing being in the lowest caste, you know, system? Mm -hmm. How does that translate? What does that look like? That's a great question. I think what I'm always curious about is transferable skills. So I think it's about creative capacity. Mm -hmm. I think it's about exposing them to different art forms, artistic careers, ideas, learning strategies. I think it's about creating sense of empathy, building, uh, building teamwork. I think that it's about looking at the social emotional learning opportunities for these students because, you know, engaging in a theatrical piece or an artistic piece already requires so much 
empathy. Yes. And so how can math be brought into their lived experiences? And then also like really practical skills, interviewing folks, meeting new people, presenting a new idea with clarity, standing up in front of a group and, and sharing or showing um, your ideas, your creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's the transferable skills right. that I focus on the most as opposed to like the final product. Right. Well, and it also brings a sense of confidence in who they are sure. and it helps them to find their voice. And I think we need you to go to DC the next time art is, you know, is on the chopping block to talk about that because I feel like People think as the arts is just entertainment and what you've laid out just now is a case for why it is important to be in every school across the globe. And unfortunately, I feel like people are just, they just see it as just a, it's just, oh, it's entertainment, but it's so much more. And I think what we need more now than ever, <laughs> given where we're at right now, thinking about what just happened with Parade, is empathy. We need to get back to the humanity. Mm-hmm. And and I think art is, I see it as a great equalizer. And it's exactly what you said. When, when performing you have to be able to empathize and you have to find the the human in that character or in that piece if you're a dancer or you, you have to find the humanity in that. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance Plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Can you talk a little bit about your um, about the your inaugural partnership with the Waterloo School District? Yeah, I can. Okay, so this is like a wild cold call email that I received um, looking for looking for artist educators who could support newcomer students. Um, and we have a similar program that we run in New York City. And newcomers are youth, it could be anyone in any range, but for, for our purposes, youth who have been in the country two years or less. Um, and in their program in New York, we work with the International Rescue Committee and we do arts education for a summer camp with about 120 young people who are newcomers coming from 24 different countries and speaking just as many different languages who have immigration stories, immigrations, uh, green card holders, asylees, refugees, unaccompanied minors. Um, and what was really interesting was last year, the program reflected what was happening in the world and that I saw more Russian and Ukrainian students than we'd ever had enrolled before. 
And these were young students who were together creating dances together and creating artwork together. Um, but inspired by that work and some other programs that work specifically with those uh, student populations, we started a partnership with the Waterloo Community School District in Iowa for their English language learners and their emerging multilingual learners and their newcomer identified students. Um, and so it was a summer camp that looked at arts integrated strategies, which like is educational talk for using creative strategies to help young people learn both about the art form, but also whatever the class is, mm -hmm. math, mm -hmm. English, whatever. Um, and so we were working with both the educators but did an arts camp with the students. And now we're doing residencies throughout the, the school year and we'll do another summer camp for about three weeks uh, this upcoming summer. So that's how that partnership came together. I have so many like emails that just come from all around the world. That's literally what happened with the program in um, Uganda. It was a random email from a teacher at a refugee camp in Uganda. Wow. And that's how these things sometimes get started. Just them having the courageous, you know, the courageous mm -hmm. to just send a cold email out and say, I see your mission. It feels aligned with what my community needs. And is there something that we can do? And I'm always eager to be like, yes, for sure. <laughs> well, and then you also mentor. So you're, you serve as a mentor at NYU Tisch Drama Women's Mentorship Program. I mean, so look, you are constantly giving and giving and giving of yourself. As we're trying to do more, we feel like we have to hide the more that we're trying to do because if they see that, whoever, you know, the proverbial they is, but if they see that, then they'll think I'm no longer engaged in this. And so how do you navigate that? I mean, you're like, I was hiding my notes, I'm hiding my homework, and then I'm here, and it's like, okay, but I'm, I'm still on Broadway, you can't do both. I mean, how, how have you, because I'm going to say this, you are successfully navigating that, those two worlds, because people look at you like, oh my gosh, she's this amazing, you know, performer, and if you haven't heard her sing, I, adv I advise you to go Google her. And <laughs> I just saw your latest YouTube. I was like, oh my gosh, really? Oh my goodness. Oh, what is it? Oh, Lord. no. <laughs> but no, Thanks, I man. mean, so you. you get, you're, get, you are respected in both worlds and no one is saying, oh, well, she's, 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 she's a, um, she's a Broadway actress but she does this on the side or, oh, she's a, you know, an arts administrator, arts ed educator, and she does this on the side. You are respected and you hold value for what you do in both worlds. And that's really hard. And so I'm, I'm just wondering how you, if, what's your secret? Thank you. Um, it's not a secret. I'm happy to share it. <laughs> I went from hiding everything to actually being very transparent about everything that I do, um, both when I was like interviewing for my current role and then also when I was like auditioning. I remember um, I, oh God, it was like one of the best artistic experiences of my life. And I got to play Cindy Lou in the revival of Carmen Jones at Classic Stage Company. And I was auditioning for John Doyle um, in a callback. And I actually was upstate New York doing a residency and a music residency with some students. And I had to like take a train and try to make the audition. 
and I came in and I think John just said like, what, what were you doing today? You know? Mm-hmm. And I told him, I was like, well, a few hours ago, I was in Schenectady working in the school systems doing a music education program. And he was like, huh? And, and I ended up telling him like, I do this, but I also perform. And it was one of the first times that I just stepped out and said, this is who I am. This is what I do. And he was like, at the end of my audition, because we talked about that for a while, like mm-hmm. to the point that I was like, do you want me to hear me sing? Or, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the end, he was like, yeah, keep keep doing what you're doing, you know? And I thought to myself, all right, I didn't get that. Like I just came and sang mm-hmm. and you were like, yeah, arts education, that's it, you know? Um, and then I was back at another school residency like a few days later and got the phone call I was in the school gym and found out that I booked the role and I remember like running around the gym <laughs> you know what I mean and so I think what I've done is I've just been very transparent everyone at Phantom knows what mm-hmm. I do my you know my director knew at the time when he hired me my executive director knows that I you know Wednesdays I have matinees and I do my show you know right and um there's something to leverage there also because all of the experiences, again, feed into each other. Um, and so, I don't know. I think it's just like a liberatory practice of saying, this is who I am. And I think that it's good for people to hear that, though. Because there are probably other people who are doing exactly what, what you're talking about is, you know, hiding it. Or feeling like, oh, I'm not going to get that job if they know about this. And mm-hmm. in reality, you had people who, who supported it or who have been and who are, who are supporting it and recognizing the value that you bring to both. So I thank you for, uh, for sharing that because there are probably listeners out there who, who have an equal passion and don't Mm -hmm. know, don't know how to navigate both worlds. And you're just saying, just be brave and just do it. And call me because I like to hire artists who are in both worlds. And I set up my programming to support them to be able to have careers that are concurrently, you know, in performance and also in the classroom. I think it's like a perfect example of a full artistic career. And so even in my hiring practices, I really try to support artists. So if that's you, hit me up. Well, and we will have your, we'll have your, your handles and everything. So how they can get in contact with you, that'll be posted along with this, uh, with this podcast interview. Seriously though, it, it is hard. It is hard because, and even when we first met, I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I know you, like, I knew you. I was like, oh yeah, I know you because, you know, the the teacher, the educator, the the equity crusader, the, you know, and all the just constant, the constant going. And, and I was just like, like so many other, you know, so many of us, so many of us, especially people who are who come from a marginalized group we we give 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 because we want to ensure that our legacy that our children's children and we're not talking legacy like we want our names and lights or anything like that although sometimes that's nice you know come on if given the industry it's like yeah that'd be nice every once in a blue moon but it's that's not what's driving us it's about leaving a legacy so that our children's children's children don't have to suffer the same things, the same marginalizations, the same unconscious biases, the same inequities, you know, that we have to deal with. But it is hard for us to to pause until, you know, until it's like, all right, you know, okay, mm-hmm. I, I, I have to do this. 
So looking forward, uh, we always ask our guests to give one piece of advice that they'd like to share with the future black leaders of Broadway. That's a great question. And I had something that I was thinking about, but I'm wondering if I would change it. Give both. You can give both. Okay. My first thought was to be intersectional um, and not feel like you have to do just one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And be honest with yourself about what success is for you and then pursue that that was something I had to learn and unlearn, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I got my master's degree while I was doing shows. And I remember I used to like hide my homework in the background or like on a 10 be doing, you know, um, assignments and things. Cause I didn't want people to think, Oh, you're leaving the business. Um, and I felt like I couldn't just like bring my full self to any space. Similarly in the admin, in the arts admin world, Um, where I worked with a lot of folks who felt like you can perform and be in the office, you know? Um, So that's one thing that I would say is like, use all of your gifts that you want to use. But then this is, and this is the other thing I was thinking, but then also don't feel like you have to save the world because I do think that when you are like a marginalized identity within an industry and really thinking about that legacy, um, also knowing that you do not have to do it all, yeah. you know? And I, I think that's something I continue to think about. And I see like my husband and I were talking about it because he's amazing. And that man is like a vocal technician, but he'll like, he'll have half a vocal fold and be so tired and run down and won't call out. And I'm like, why are you navigating? Why are you pushing yourself so hard? And he's just like, I'm thinking about generational wealth. I'm thinking about, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's so immediate, you know, he can feel it. Um, and that idea of legacy, but also just like knowing you don't have to do it all. Yeah. So I think that's something I continue to learn and is probably the proper addendum to my first, my first thought. I'm so happy. I'm so one, I'm ha- I'm happy about baby. I'm ha- I'm so happy for you and all your, your continued success and, the many new beginnings that that you have going on and i'm i'm so so proud of you um oh, i really am thank you yeah thank you i talk about you all the time i'm proud of you i'm, oh. I'm like supporting you all the time so thank you for the work that you are doing as well too no problem no problem I want to thank our guest and you, our listeners. You could have been doing anything else, but you chose to spend your time with me and I am grateful. Be sure to subscribe at bpn.fm slash bbb so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, tell a friend. I'm your host, Janine Scott, and we at the Broadway League hope you enjoyed this episode of the Black Business of Broadway. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 